This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number two of BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM coming in hot. Still to come, let's be sharper about motivation for week 18. And we'll talk about the latest line movements and how we may want to bet on it. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now is a fan favorite among us and uh, many others who uh, listen to the show. It is Dan Aspen, brother of Paul, our glorious producer and fearless leader. And why have we brought him on? Because uh, Paul and Joe, uh, well, Joe Moore, uh, put on a Chicago NFL Pick'em contest. Paul is a part of the festivities, but it is Dan, Dan Aspen, with a half a point lead over the rest of the field heading into the final week. And before we get into, say, process and the contest in general and things like that, we were talking during the break about uh, fun childhood stories you guys have because you're a long-suffering Dolphins fan, and I'm someone who grew up in Louisiana and then spent a ton of time in Dallas, so I suppose I have an affinity for the Dallas Cowboys but it turns out, Paul, Mr. Philadelphia, Mr. Eagles recovering <laughs> fan or whatever, maybe he's a little bit more of a Cowboys fan than he originally told us. Yeah, we had some uh, interesting uh, allegiances as kids. The difference is, is I stuck with mine, uh, much to my chagrin, and he ended up hopping off the train once America's team uh, kind of took a bit of a dive there. <laughs> but uh, my Dolphins fandom was... <laughs> You know, Dan Reno, my name's Dan. I got the starter jacket for Christmas that same Christmas. Paul always liking the Cowboys. They're on national TV every weekend. He gets the Cowboys starter jacket. At some point, Paul realized the Cowboys starter jacket's not going to play with the kids at school. So <laughs> he, got, he got that out of the mix, out of the rotation. And uh, I don't think he ever got an Eagles one, to be fair to him. But uh, he, certainly, mm. he certainly changed his allegiance there. I think high school is fair to say that's when that happened and i just kept uh kept rooting for the dolphins i think i got my starter jacket the year they won their last playoff game which was the year 2000 so it's been a long time since they've won a playoff game that's what i'm trying to say that that makes sense paul were you thrown in a dumpster or something was there no let me let me just like (laughs) there's a little context to this so you will notice neither of us grew up eagles fans so we were transplants right. from the like our parents are from the Chicago area. The oh, Eagles yeah. were like they're pretty bad at that time. I've got no Philly ties through my family, and they're blacked out a lot of the time. You know who's always on the Cowboys. So yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I leaned into it, and also may have been the start of a certain career. But like I could bet Jack Corcoran five bucks twice a season and get some lunch mm-hmm. money because he would just he would just take the Eagles money line at the time. So I was like, all right. You know, um, but yeah, at a certain point. So here's here's a discrepancy. I do not remember getting a Cowboys starter jacket. I had an Aikman jersey. I definitely had a wow. Notre Dame starter jacket. Like I will believe Dan, but like I don't remember specifically having the Cowboys starter jacket. That being said, yes, I was a Cowboys. Oh come fan. on, dude! What? You got him the same Christmas. I I, I believe you. 
Maybe I so. put it. By the way, I, I definitely had the graphics a. Is Dan Aspen best better in the Aspen family? I just shout out whoever put that up. That's electric. And Jones' favorite. <laughs> so yeah. And Jones' favorite. He's the youngest. Yeah, of course. So oh, and anyway, you beat him turkey or something. Well, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, he brought it back. He brought oh, it. He back. brought it I back. Brought it back. That's what it, good. Yeah, good. Okay. yeah, yeah. I knew I liked out you. On, so anyway. Yeah, yeah. Maria's out on turkey. Okay. All right. What's well? I kind of get that because even me, who I hate hockey, but I had a shark starter jacket. I mean, you go with the cool colors, like the dolphins. I assume it was an aqua, oh, yeah. like a lot of the gear that you no, had. It was actually I, I black. A, you had a black one. Yeah, man. With the logo, with the logo look cool with the orange and stuff. That's actually really slick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no doubt. All and right, but my favorite was sharp too. I love the sharks. Real quick, I did too. Dan painted his walls. Aqua and orange at a certain point. Yeah, um, I don't know how you could sleep in that room. It was so <laughs> bright. But yeah, sophomore yeah. year of high school. So he's, he's all in. Yeah, he's been diehard. It's purple now. Joan let that happen. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't. Uh, she was. I didn't tell them actually. That you was uh, that was that was a big thing. Uh, I had two of my friends come over after school, and our parents were both teachers, so they were still working. And uh, I think I had a half day or something, sophomore year of high school. And we just, uh, we just painted. I had one of my friends worked at MAB Paints. So we just got a bucket of aqua and a bucket of orange and took us about an hour and a half. Needless to say, it wasn't, uh, wasn't professionally done by any means, which might have been a, <laughs> a, an issue as well. But. All right, Dan, let's talk about the, the Dolphins a little bit. I, it's random, but for some reason on this show, a lot of the betters that we have on, some of the co-hosts, like Monday I was doing the show with uh, J-Rod, and he's a huge Dolphins fan. He's down in the Miami area. Um, so a lot of Dolphins fans come on this show, and there is a common theme. They all think, well, it's only a matter of time. It's going to end poorly. Give us some backstories for people that don't follow the history of the Dolphins. Why do so many Dolphins fans feel this way? That you're riding high early in the season, but once it takes a turn, few bad things happen, injuries, few losses. Like every Dolphins fan I hear from, they're like, oh, uh, this is going to be terrible. It's going to end poorly. Yeah, it's just it's just 35 years of emotional scarring, right? I mean, it's like any other fan base that is, uh, you know, feels that way about their team. But the Dolphins specifically seem to always be on the verge. They always seem to be like a step above mediocre, a good team, but not a great team. And they've definitely had some down years. Don't get me wrong. They had the one in 15 year. Um, and then came back the next year, 11 and five, get just destroyed by the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs that year. But it's, it's really comes down to the rotating quarterbacks, you know, to a, finally looks like a guy if he can stay healthy who can provide number one offense in the league like it's I know right now is not a great time to be up on the Dolphins after last weekend but like they have a quarterback for the first time since Marino and if he could stay healthy like they've got the head coach with the scheme in place um you know Jay Fiedler Ray Lucas uh, Joey Harrington. I mean, these are the names that haunt me from the past, and it's all because they just can't get over the hump in the big moment. They will get, they'll go nine and eight or nine and seven, ten and six, and then they've got a big game like last weekend, and they'll just get railroaded. And you're like, man, they're not even close, you know? Um, 
So I think it's always they give you enough hope to want to be delusional and believe that they can compete. And then when they get on the national stage and they have a big game, it's just like an absolute utter massacre. And you're just like, oh, okay, did this again. So it's been it's been 30, 35 years of that, I think. That's that's what it is for me, at least. First, congratulations on running laps around your brother, Paul, in the Pick'em contest. I'm curious, before we get to the contest and your strategy, just can you describe your betting style versus Paul's betting style? Yeah, I got to listen to Paul breaks, break down some golf plays yesterday, and oh! uh, that was a lot of fun. So I do it a little less scientific than he does it. Uh, I I really, for this contest, like last year, I think I came close to the bottom, same same league. So, I mean, yeah. my strategy was I'm not going to do any research. I'm not going to do any kind of, <laughs> put any it. kind of effort into this. I am going to pick five teams that I like every week, and I'm going to see what happens. Uh, and, yeah, I just, oh. like, the analytics thing and the, I, like, I am a square better. Like, it's it's so clear. Like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, so, uh, Paul said something over the holidays, like, this has been a square year, and that definitely makes sense, because uh, I'm uh-huh. clinging to first place. I am not. That's our excuse. That's our excuse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder That's, Paul um, once said you and me have similar betting styles. I think he told me that a couple years ago. I don't know if I said that. Zero research. Paul doesn't have much memory at this age. I know. Like, what's yeah, going on? He doesn't remember anything. It sounds like, like an insult. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. But Love you. I am, I am pulling for Dan. I think, I mean, Joe's way out of it. I am pretty much I'm, out of it. I'm, um, you're out. Yeah. So, Dan, we, we need you to finish the job this week. Is there anything in particular? We don't want you to give an edge to the competition. Uh, but, like, is there anything in particular, like, any, like, week 18 in general, kind of a tougher week, like, like you said, like backups. And um, although there could yeah, be opportunities as well as we we're talking about, how are you approaching this week? I mean, it's, it's brutal. I mean, there's between coming off last week where I went one and four, had a chance to really ice it last week and totally. Totally choked. Luckily, the guy who's chasing me half a point behind me also went one and four. So I held on to the lead. But that with the Dolphins getting destroyed, I was just like, all right, cool. I've got one more week and now I've got the contest and then the Dolphins Bills game. So I'm I'm guessing it's going to be another rough weekend, but uh, I'm not an optimist. I'm like Cougar from the opening scene of Top Gun, the original, you know, just trying to land the plane, man. Just trying to get down on the on the aircraft carrier. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the picks, man, it's like these games stink. Uh, I'm trying to target games that matter. And in that that case, flip a coin, right? Like Houston, Indianapolis. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to pick that game. I'm going to have to at some point just pick who I think is going to win and pick that game because those teams are going to have their starters in the whole game and it's, they're going to, they're going to be playing to win. So you know, fourth down situations. They're not going to be looking at the scoreboard for anybody else. Um, there's not a whole lot that I like. The only good thing about that for me is that uh, when I went, I went 13 and two from weeks eight to 10 every week, I think I texted Paul and I was like, I hate this card. So I'm just hoping that, <laughs> you know, as much as I hate this, it, the the trend of that turning out well for me in terms of just kind of blindly picking stuff for the contest 
goes in my favor. Is there one team that you have backed a good bit more that maybe some thought would stink or vice versa, a team you thought would stink and everyone else was high on? So, yeah, it's actually interesting. The Dolphins are the team I bet the most. So I picked them (laughs) uh, 11 times. And the first six weeks, I picked them every week. And I went five and one the first six. And then from uh, 11 to 16, I picked them five more times. The math works there. And then went two and three. So it was 11 and four or seven and four overall on my 11 picks for the Dolphins. The last four weeks, which will this will surprise nobody, the Atlanta Falcons have killed me. I've picked them mm. each of the last four weeks, gone one and three. Um, and the one team that's good, Baltimore, I picked five times, uh, never picked against, went five and oh. Uh, they're obviously, you know, really good ATS and just overall. Uh, the Lions are really good ATS this year, and I did not pick them a single time. So those are kind of some of the trends that I found when I went back and looked yesterday. Um, Philly, being in the Philly area and kind of following the Eagles and, uh, you know, watching a lot of Eagles games, I only picked them like four times and went two and two, and that was early in the year. Um, I've kind of stayed away from them lately because of their slide. Um, But I've been all over the map, man. Like the Patriots, just they like Bill Belichick just continues to haunt me. Like even after his team's (laughs) terrible and eliminated in like week 13, which I thought I'd never see. Like every time I pick the Patriots, they just lay an egg. Um, So they, they hurt me. I was like one in four in my five picks that I took them. And then I picked against them twice and lost those. So like games they covered, I picked against them. So like you look at both of those combined one in seven with the Patriots and like, man, just can't shake this team. Yeah. So a, a half point edge right now, 51, 30 and four. I mean, in a contest ATS, like a lot of times these numbers are sharp. The books know where it's going to go. So they'll kind of, give you a hint on where it's going to go by the time we get to Saturday or Sunday. So in contest, very tough to do 62% outstanding season. I speak for the entire pool of the Chicago media uh, league. When I say, just don't let the cat man win that, that that's all anybody wants out of this. I hope you win, but just don't let the cat man win. Uh, One more thing. I want to get to this before we run out of time. Uh, What part of your speech at the wedding killed the most? I think it was the, and Paul can back me up on this. I think it was uh, the one-liner when I started uh, about my least favorite thing about Paul. And then I paused. And there's a a really, uh, really loud reaction to that. So I had a couple good ones in there. It went well overall, (laughs) I think. uh, But yeah, when I started saying my least favorite thing about Paul, the whole room just kind of like lost it a little bit. So that was good. That's how you started it? That's not how I started the speech, but I kind of did a little intro, um, made a couple like, you know, welcomes and hey, how you doing? And then it was like the lead into the speech was like my least favorite thing about Paul. And then people laughed. And then it was like, he's a sense of humor elitist, which is absolutely true, by the way. (laughs) Yes, it is. At the very beginning was pretty good too. Like my mom did a prayer or whatever. And like, there was no church ceremony, but we, we grew up like Catholic family or goes, whatever. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Dan goes, well, thanks mom for including like God, because Paul didn't want to or something like that. <laughs> that is amazing. That, that is, is amazing. Awesome. 
Dan Aspen, who has taught Paul everything that he knows. Thank you so much for dropping by. We greatly appreciate it. Come back anytime, Dan. Anytime you want to, you are more than welcome. This is Thank You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go back to the card with the latest line movements for Week 18, right here on the Thank You All Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. BetMGM from BetQL. Justin Fields with some hip shots uh, going up against the Green Bay Packers as Fields will be at Lambeau for Week 18. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. The Packers are three-point favorites against Chicago. Bears may not have anything to play for, but you know with a division rivalry like that, that Fields still wants to prove that he deserves to be a starting quarterback uh, in the NFL. Uh, Might swing back to that game in just a bit, but let's talk about some other line movements uh, that we find fascinating. Let's start with the battle in Ohio between the Browns and the Bengals. Currently, Cincinnati, they were six-point favorites, and that line has moved to seven with a total of 37.5. Joe, what are you thinking here? Man, seven? Uh, Honestly, the first thought is I probably want to stay far, far away from this game, right? Uh, The decision to go with Driscoll was interesting because obviously we all knew Flacco was not going to be out there. They're locked into the five-seed. And, you know, they've had some injuries they've dealt with. So I'm sure we'll hear about other starters that are going to be sitting in that game. But, uh, yeah, not why not DTR? I, didn't, I don't know what the thinking was behind this, that maybe they're going to need him at some point. They just don't want him mm-hmm. out there. Don't, they don't want to show any sort of a package. Maybe they have planned for the playoffs. But <laughs> the Driscoll thing was like, whatever. We don't care. 11 and 6, 12 and 5 doesn't matter to us at all. So I kind of don't want to get involved in this game. Uh, the Bro- Jake Browning love is uh, tempered, I'd say, a bit. And, you know, we were talking about some players that could possibly be playing in their last game with a team at home. It might be T. Higgins' last game, right? Like, mm-hmm. they, they're still trying to figure out ways to get a contract. I don't know that they're going to after paying their big dudes, especially the Burrow one, getting that done, and some other players in defense that they've been paying. So, uh that's an interesting angle, but it is, yeah, like the Ohio rivalry. That's kind of a real thing, but there's nothing on the line for either side. So I don't know how much you can play into that. I'm with you. It feels like a pass battle of backups. One has something to, they've already, you know, clinched the number five seed in the AFC. The other has nothing to play for. Maybe it's just a big number now. It's seven and I guess if you had to twist my arm, I'll just take the dog and hit this one, but I don't have a strong opinion or interest betting it. How do you, how do you lay seven? How how do you do it here? I, I don't know how you do that either, even though the steam has gone in that direction. Like that to me is fascinating. You're you're dealing with a bit of a rivalry, a really low total, not expecting too much offense in this one. And still the spread is seven. Like, are you expecting Cleveland to do absolutely nothing? Like, I could see turnovers in short fields for a backup quarterback leading to points, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I was just looking at what Driscoll did last year. Holy Moses! I mean, he has he hasn't played a full game in since 2020. It doesn't look like 
I mean, there are a few situations wow. with that this week. Like, how long has it been since Wentz has played? It looks like his last full game was early in the 2020 season. They lost 28 to 10. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, what is this? I feel like what I trust we... Wentz more than Driscoll, though. And what? At... Like, Cooper's not going to be on the field. You shouldn't play in Joku. Who's he throwing to? Right. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's a fair question. I, I'm uh, how about X. X through this game. Not interested. Yeah, it. No, thanks. Yeah, right. I <laughs> there may be something there. Uh, how about we talk about uh, the Jaguars and the Titans? Uh, this spread is kind of bouncing around a little bit. Still at five and a half for BetMGM, but we are seeing some fives on the board. And like we talked about yesterday, it does seem like the Titans are still going to take this game seriously, regardless of whether they should or not. And Will Levis, you know, his status is very much up in the air. Could see some Ryan Tannehill. So what do we do with this one? Yeah, I just saw a sharper book. It's down to four and a half, too. So, I don't – these are not big numbers, like, between four and a half, five and a half. Just kind of letting the market dictate where it's going to go. But uh, what else is going to dictate where it's going to go is uh, the status of some of these Jaguars players. Trevor Lawrence. I didn't know that there was a chance Christian Kirk was going to return this regular season. But he was limited in practice yesterday. Uh, that's mm. pretty big. And Zay Jones, too. There's another guy. If all three are in, that's significant. Where does the number uh, float to? What if all three are out? I don't know. I don't think Levis Tannehill matters to the point spread at all, but it does seem like uh, it's trending Titans, and I would agree with that. Uh, Jaguars may win, but I don't know that they're going to win by by six or whatever you need. Ooh, see, I think the Jags could win by like 10. I think it's a big game for Jacksonville because, I mean, if they beat the Titans, they win the division, right? Um, whereas yeah. with Will Levis and Tannehill, I don't, they have been uh, bad. I don't know how else to say it. I think the Jags win and win comfortably by margin. I like I'll say here. I was not impressed with Jacksonville. I know they won against Carolina, but I was not impressed with their, their game. And right before that, it was, it was a four-game losing streak. So I still have yet to see it from Jacksonville where should they really be favored by this much on the road in a divisional matchup? What are we going to get from Trevor Lawrence, if anything? Like, I get some that, of those receivers are coming back. That matters. But defensively, what are they going to look like? Like, and, and also, too, if it's Ryan Tannehill, like, what does that mean for his future? Like, he's not hanging it up after this year, right? So, oh, he's going he's somewhere. Got, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's going somewhere. So why not put one more thing on the old resume and prove to everybody, hey, look, I can still compete in the National Football League. So I think mm -hmm. the Titans have a ton to play for. Meanwhile, Jackson, and I know we've been saying this, you know, a lot throughout the season, but what about Jacksonville has exactly impressed you? I, I'm, I'm not there right now. I mean, they were impressive, like, during the road trip. But outside of that, they've left something to be desired. They have played well on the road. They, that is certainly uh, notable, too, or, and in London. Um, they play better there, and they are on the road in this spot. Uh, Tennessee, they're a 500 team at home this year, uh, four and four on the year, but they've lost their last few. And, and I mentioned earlier, and I, you know, it, this, it is a possibility here. Um, I kind of do think that we're going to see a big effort out of this team. Uh, one of the incentives we did not get to was D hop. 
He's got some incentives on the line, seven receptions. He gets a quarter of a million dollars, 49 yards, mm-hmm. another quarter of a million dollars. And it, it could be Vrabel and Derrick Henry's last game with the Titans too. So at home, I, I think we're going to see some motivation on this team. I expect a competitive effort, but I just still think that heading into the playoffs, like the Jags, kind of like the Eagles, like need to get things going and continue this momentum. I I get that they beat the Panthers; mm-hmm. it's not that impressive, but they've got to get something going. Mm-hmm. Sure, they they absolutely do because the AFC will have some backup quarterbacks in there, and you want Trevor Lawrence uh, to to be ready and raring to go, knowing full well that maybe the path is a tad easier than say it was last year because you're not necessarily going up against the chiefs, you know, at their best. So maybe you can see, you know, some extra motivation there. So, you know, there, there is something to that. How about we move on now to the Buccaneers and the Panthers, because this line has shortened to where Tampa Bay, they were five and a half point favorites. Now they're four and a half point favorites against the worst team in the NFL on the road. Yes. Tampa Bay does need to win this in order to secure the division and a home playoff game, but We also have always been a little suspicious of the Bucks' success, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially after what we saw last week. Uh, recency bias might be a thing, and maybe that's why people... But it was against on... the Saints, though, so that does matter. Yes. Uh, sure, fine, whatever. The Saints? What, what does that mean? They were at home in a spot to win the division. What? The Saints weren't going to be sitting at home in the playoff start? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jim. Oh, you think they're in? You think they're going to be in? I I think the probability is a little bit higher. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised Uh, if the Saints get in the playoffs. uh, Last time these two teams played, it was really close. And now you're going Mm -hmm. to Carolina. It was a field goal game. Uh, Mike Evans snapped. I think think the Evans thing is interesting. Um, That's a guy's props numbers that I would take a look at. And uh, he went for 162 yards last time against Carolina. He got only four targets in their loss over the weekend, and which Lattimore was not on the field for. That's an absolute joke. I think they're going to write that wrong. They're going to make sure that they, they do target Evans in this spot, and maybe he has another monster game. So, um, yeah, if I, I, can't, I can't get there with Carolina. I just can't. Like, And, again, the Tepper stuff is just like, all this noise, they just want to end that damn season, man, and, and start fresh. Isn't it amazing, Yeah, the Panthers though, have a... Isn't it amazing, though, the that like, when looked... we were talking about quarterbacks... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but when we were talking about, like, quarterbacks in terms of the start of the year, like, we thought Bryce Young would develop to this point, yeah. and it just didn't happen, did it, Aaron? No, and the Panthers have looked lost all season long. I think it's a great time for the Bucks and Baker Mayfield to get hot again, playing the worst team in the NFL. You beat the Panthers, you win the division. I like the Bucks, and the fact that the number came down, I like it even more at four and a half. What do you think the number came down? I Baker. Baker was uh, did not practice because of he ribs. Looked- He's going to play. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, oh, but give, give me a JC Horn pick six. You know, end this Baker conversation. But are you on no, Carolina? I think it's a tricky spot. No, I I can't get to the window. They're like I'm my not. team that Dan was kind of talking about. Every time I've backed them, 
except for that Texans game. Bad. They just they can do nothing on offense, like absolutely yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just mm-hmm. there's the board is vast. I will go elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> vast. The contest yeah. are plentiful. Same. Not mm-hmm. not a game I have circled. That that's fair. That's fair. Uh, how about these uh, Eagles here? Because uh, this line has shortened from five and a half to four and a half at last check. And that one is intriguing to me because, again, team with motivation versus a team without motivation. But the mm-hmm. line is shortening. Or is or do they have motivation? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We just saw this game on Christmas a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Giants ended up covering the spread. But now we're getting a full game of Tyrod who was told Mm -hmm. at one point this year that you're not as good as Tommy DeVito. Like that, that did actually happen. (laughs) Um, So I kind of think that we might see some motivation out of the giants. That's where the number is going. A lot of people believe it. Uh, They they've covered five of their last six games, guys. Like that's a a team that's done well for me. I've been betting them. And one of the reasons I keep betting them is because they keep hanging around in games, whether they should be there or not. Uh, So that that spread a couple weeks ago in Philly was 13 and a half. Now we're what five, five and a half, mm-hmm. four and a half, somewhere somewhere in that range. Um, but even with all that said, as bad as things are going with Philadelphia, I would I would only go with the Giants at home. Not going Eagles. If you go Eagles, it go first half. That's the only way. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. I keep saying, oh, this is a great spot for the Eagles to get some momentum going. And it just seems like all they do is struggle. Their defense stinks. It's a big reason why they've been struggling. Uh, As Paul said in the last matchup, uh, I, you know, the board is vast. This is not one that (laughs) I will be on just because I keep thinking this is an eagle spot and it's not so i'll Ari- pass on this one arizona didn't punt against matt patricia's defense okay it's arizona like the giants can do just as well mm-hmm. how much do we care too that this is the second time they've played the giants in the last three weeks like division games already have a lot of familiarity to begin with sure. but then you're having two close games within a really short span how much does that matter in terms of the spread shortening? Oh, I think it does a little bit. Now, the Eagles, they were kind of in control of that game. And the Giants needed a score at the very end to cover that that spread. It ends up being a one-score game, 33-25, to 25, when they just played. But, yeah, I do think it matters. And I'm gonna always going to side with the dog in situations like that. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it certainly makes sense. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, the Chiefs. They are now three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Chargers uh, with a total of 35. I think that total has kind of come down, uh, which is intriguing because we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, Eckler needing to get X number of yards, but then the Chris Jones thing, maybe that's a bigger deal because more money is involved, but that also looks like an intriguing number here. Yeah, you, you know what else was a uh, little bit of a move yesterday? So we get word that... Purdy's not playing. It's going to be Darnold as expected, but there might be some other Niners play a little bit. Some of their starters that went mm-hmm. that went up because the Rams announced their starters are out. So we're sitting at San Francisco minus four. Not touching it. It's just weird, weird line movement. 
Sure, for sure. This is MacQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, let's be sharper about motivation as a factor in Week 18. That's coming up here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Class is now in session. Let's start with a pop quiz, shall we? Professor Eddie Gross is here to help you with your bets. Who you play, where you played them, at what point during the season you played them. Being able to put all of that in context is really important. Let's be sharper about this on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We're there in Hawksworth. And Ed Egros, I'm Joe Ostrowski, BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. And we are staying on topic this week because it's week 18 and it's something that you might want to file away for the future. You hear it again and again, motivation, motivation. 12 of the 16 games have some sort of playoff implications and there are games where there doesn't seem to be any motivation or at least that's what we're thinking from the outside. So in this week's Let's Be Sharper, Ed Egros has some thoughts on Week 18 motivation. I'll start with a hot take. Week 18 is the most underrated event, in quotation marks, in all of professional sports. Week 18 is the most underrated because we have expectations that teams playing for something will beat teams playing for nothing And it doesn't Mm -hmm. always work out that way. And we are always surprised by this. And it makes week 18 oh so much fun. So what I did was I looked at the last 10 seasons and I looked at that season finale week and focused on just games between one team with playoff motivation going up against a team with no playoff motivation. And when I filtered out uh, everything else, and I also looked at times when the contender was favored and by the record, the better team. So two sort of filters here, looking at a team with playoff motivation going up against a team without playoff motivation and one team contending with a better record and is indeed the favorite. So when I did that, I came up with 86 games over the course of the last decade. So against the spread in these 86 games, the favorites were 41, 43, and 2. So these were very sharp numbers. In other words, you simply cannot side with a team with motivation. It is a coin flip. Motivation is already baked into the spread. So it doesn't necessarily matter that you're sort of double counting, right? You shouldn't do that. Motivation is already there, and you need to look for other factors in terms of placing wagers on these games. But to me, I think the bigger story in terms of bigger payouts would involve what you do with, say, money line bets. Outright, favorites in these situations were 66 and 20. In other words, we average two outright upsets every year by teams with nothing to play for when it comes to being in playoff contention. So now Hmm. I want to open it up to you guys and look at some of these games where you have a team with playoff motivation going going up against a team that is eliminated from the rest of January. We've got the Jaguars at the Titans. We've got the Bucks at Panthers. That line has since moved in Carolina's direction, mind you. The Cowboys at the Commanders. Eagles, another line that's moved. 
at the Giants and then the Bears at the Packers. So in these five games, and of course, you know, the Seahawks Cardinals didn't include that because Seattle does need some help. Steelers need some help as well. And though they are the worst team there, uh, I left it out of this mix. So we're down to really five games that kind of fit this description. And if we are to believe that we average two games where we have an outright upset, let's say even if it's just one this year, which one do you think is the likeliest on this list? Hey, go ahead, Aaron. Well, I'm just confused because how does a team like the Cowboys, ha- I, I, some of these teams have playoff mo- motivation if they know they're already in? They can improve their seeds. Like the, the Cowboys still have not okay. okay. And they get I two. See. Improving seeding, yeah. okay, versus we're trying right. to make two or five. Okay. Yeah. Got you. I just don't know if there's value on these money line favorites. You'd have to do a parlay, right? Well, well. So it's tricky because on the Philadelphia mm-hmm. one, if Dallas is up twenty-four to nothing in the first half on Washington, like I could say that I don't think Philly's going to win, but they could squander the game because once it's meaningless. Uh, but of that five. I'm bouncing back and forth between two games and mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the bears. I would say the bears. They are, you know, I know technically that we would say that there isn't motivation. I'm just telling you as a team that has watched this team up close and personal <laughs> and no, knowing how the organization thinks and how important just the Packers game alone, anytime they play, whether something's on the line or not, how much it means it's those two games you know it's it's a dumb statement but i hear it all the time still those two games mean more than any other game the rest of the season um even though that they are just you know one out of 17 another one out of 17 um they haven't played since week one uh the packers smoked them but just the the idea that the bears you know they kind of come onto the scene a little bit I think what we can agree on is they're actually kind of relevant, even though they're not going to be a playoff team this year. They're relevant for the future, mm-hmm. and they have the number one pick and all that. But for them to have the chance to take out the Packers, to go there and keep them out of the playoffs, it is a huge deal for the organization. And they're playing great ball. Last eight games, they are 6-1-1 one, and one against the spread. They've been one of the best defenses, uh, Justin Fields. He's been playing for his career here in Chicago, and he's been Mm -hmm. playing well of late. And by the way, he's matched up against one of the worst defenses lately, at least over the last month, in the Green Bay Packers. So I I think the Bears is is the outright that a team that doesn't, quote, doesn't have motivation that I can see winning. But didn't he say that the outright – favorites went 66 and 20 but the bears are dogs right or am i just completely right. confused? so one here? so you have <laughs> one or two games where the dog wins outright and they don't have playoff motivation right okay. on, on average and that's the bears for yeah. you is what you're saying yeah joe over the last okay. over the last 10 years 20 times the team without motivation has upset uh winning outright yeah, I would go Bears and do you have one Aaron cuz there's another one that I've that's really close for me. I mean, when I look at all the favorites, money line there's like zero value. 
it's all like minus 800 on the cowboys no thank you, you no we're looking to, at like, the dogs parlay. yeah like mm. which which dog that does not have playoff motivation could win and knock titans. out a team definitely titans for me that, that's that yes. would be the only that's one. the one yeah that's, yeah i just the other one i've circled yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. So you could leave the Titans and Bears there. off and probably do a parlay like Dan Aspen said. It's been a square year. Bank on all those <laughs> other ones to win outright. Mm-hmm. So that that would be the, yeah. the Cowboys uh, to win outright. Eagles. And then the Bucks, Bucks and the Eagles. Okay. I'm not putting the Eagles on anything. I don't want anything to do with them. Those bums. And and again, if Dallas is winning big, it's going to be second and third stringers, you would think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think so. so. They will be scoreboard I, watching. Like, and some franchises, I do think, are a little bit more forward thinking when it comes to, say, that communication from the top down. When it comes to, hey, look, we're not going to win this game. Like, you know, part in the backups, you know, something like that. I think the Eagles are much likelier to do those kinds of things than, say, some other teams, right? Yeah. For sure. Uh, no, nobody's mentioned Tampa Bay in any way. Carolina game. I love the Bucks. <laughs> It'll be in my contest. No, list. I mean the Panthers. I mean, I'm saying. Oh the yeah, I was on the, the Panthers money line and got burned. So never again. <laughs> burned by the Jaguars, <laughs> no less. Like a team that we're we're feeling kind of iffy about. <laughs> it's like that yeah. was that was a good spot for Carolina. No, but it's it's definitely going to happen. It happens every year, and we'll mm-hmm. get to the contest picks in, coming up in a bit. But like, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm looking at underdogs, guys. I don't know if you're looking at favorites. And part of the thinking is the value, but the the overreaction is just going too far. And I totally agree with the entire premise of this segment. Just people are just there. Oh well, they're motivated to win. They got to win. They got to win. There are must-win situations all the time. There, there mm-hmm. are must-win situations last week, and it just doesn't happen. These are professional athletes. There's tape out there. People, t- other teams are watching. A lot of players are about to become free agents. Like, they're trying. They're not going out there la-di-da in most cases. Now, we always make the joke about one, two, three, Cancun. Like That's the break of the huddle sometimes in these final weeks. I don't think that's real in 2023, 2024. Well, even uh, a team like the Commanders, like they're expecting an entire new regime. They probably want to put good tape on, you know, for wherever they're going next or to impress the ownership that they should stick around. So even them, like I just, like you said, they're professionals. This is their career. I don't see any team just totally mailing it in. Well, and Aaron, like we also have covered football our entire lives like, this is a physical, dangerous sport. You can't go la-di-da because right. you're going to get hurt, and then your career is over. <laughs> Gardner yep. Menchu, did you see that, where he's like, Max Crosby is angry. <laughs> did, did you see yes. that clip? Oh, my God. It made me think of that. Like, yeah. You just never Good. know what's going to be coming at you. Well, that's right. what he wants. He wants people to, to feel like that. Like, there have been uh, some – Mic'd up good uh, back and forth with him and Mahomes over the years. Those are always entertaining. Like they're screaming at each other from opposite sidelines. I like watching Crosby. I wish he, w- I wish he was on a good team. Yeah, oh, I know. 
I know. It, he he would be a great face for the league, no doubt about it. Like, if yep. he were playing for, you know, an organization that had adults in the room, so to speak, that would be nice. And, and also, we're talking about motivation, and we discussed this before, like Jets and Patriots. Like, it would behoove New England to lose this game, but we don't know that's going to happen. In fact, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. Yep. I know. That one, I don't, I don't know what – it's New England or nothing, but do I really want to end the season betting on Bailey Zappi? I mean, it's Trevor Simeon on the other side. Whatever. I don't have to want to watch that game. I don't. Uh, uh, God. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm not doing that game. I can't. Put Belichick on shoulders, you know, do the whole John Madden carry off into the sunset kind of a thing. Like, we could totally envision uh. that. <clears throat> This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Brad Powers with his favorite plays for the College Football National Championship. That's coming up on the BetQL Network.